Good evening to everybody that's here. Watermelon Wednesday. <laughs> but we're going to bring the word. We got some good word for tonight. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you that your word is alive, that it is active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between soul and spirit, to judge our thoughts and our intentions, to help us grow up and become all that you created us to be. We thank you. Lord, I thank you for the Word. I thank you for the power of the Word. Every time my ears hear the Word, something happens. Every time I hear the Word spoken out of my mouth or I hear someone else speaking the Word, it does something to me. Lord, I thank you that your Word, it's active and it's energizing and it's being effective all over the planet today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We rejoice and we give you the praise tonight. Lord, I thank you for the anointing on your word tonight. I thank you that I have the anointing to deliver this word and that the word goes deep in the hearts of every person. We give you the praise and the glory tonight. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. Yes. Well, we've been through the summer. We've been rerunning messages Kind of like a, like a, uh, a, a TV series where they do reruns. <laughs> and you watch a show and you think, I don't know if I've ever seen that show before or not. I mean, surely I have because I've watched all, all, the, you know, the seri- all, all the episodes from the series. But man, I, you start watching a show and then you think, I don't know if I've ever seen this one before. Then all of a sudden, boom, something happens in the show and you remember, oh yeah, I've seen that. You know? And so these are reruns of messages that we've preached over the last year, year and a half, some this year, some last year. And, uh, and I don't know, I, I really like preaching these, these messages because, <laughs> you know, there's, in, in the series that I've done over the last couple of years, uh, in the series there's between three and seven or eight messages, and bringing them all together and just bringing one word out of those messages has just been good. And so, how many remember the series we did on Holy Spirit, the help? Amen? Amen. So tonight, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the help. Remember the movie, The Help? I was watching that movie one night and thinking of, it was several thoughts I had, and as I was watching that movie, I thought, wait, 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 boom. And this series came out of me watching that movie, The Help. And there's no better name. If you, if you read the Amplified or if you define the word that is used for when Jesus, and we'll read this, we'll read this passage of Scripture, but Jesus said, you know, I'm going to send you a, another helper or comforter. There's about probably 12 or 14 different words that describe that, but I can't find a better one than helper. And uh, 
So in, in the series that we've taught on this, we've just talked about the Holy Spirit being our helper. And I've said this to you before, if you've heard any of this, so there'll be things that, you, that you'll remember as we preach it, but I want you to be stirred up in remembrance of things that you think you know about the Holy Spirit, but it's going to challenge you tonight. I promise you this word will challenge you. So, again, title of the message tonight is Holy Spirit, the help. The help. One of the greatest revelations that you will ever catch hold of regarding the person of the Holy Spirit is if He's the helper and He's in us, and the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that's inside of you and I, and He's the helper, then that means you were created to need help. Say that, I need help. You were created to need help. So, the Helper is here to help us. The Helper is not in our lives to do everything. So, I don't want you to think that God is going to come out of of nowhere and do things for you. He's not going to do it. He's going to help you do it. Right? We've got to get our thinking right regarding the Holy Spirit. God did not put us on this earth to be by ourselves and try to figure things out. He put us here to accomplish His will, and He wants you and I to so learn about His kingdom and His ways of thinking that as He's helping us, we're paying attention and we're focused on His help instead of the world's help. Because the world will try to help us right over the side of a cliff. The world will. I promise you, the world does not have your back. And I'm not, I'm not thinking of anybody. I'm not thinking of you know, anybody on your, at, at, at the jobs you work or anything like that. I'm, I'm not thinking of anybody. I'm just saying, if people are not born again, and even people that are born again, a lot of times, don't know how to have your back. But I promise you, God through the Holy Spirit has got your back. And I mean, He will cover you, he, 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 will, he will lead and guide us, but He will help us accomplish the things that He put in us that we want to accomplish. Why, why, why would He put a desire in me to do something and accomplish something, put vision in my heart to accomplish things, and then not give me the ability to do it? He's here to help us. So, Nothing that's not been accomplished in your and my life or anything that we've done, the things that we've not accomplished, it's not because God hasn't done His part. We have to learn how to let Him help us. So we're going to just go through that tonight. Um, Again, as I did Sunday, we're going to just read a lot of Scripture. So, you know, follow along, take notes, go back and listen to this later. Um, but, but, but get the just of what we're saying tonight. So Galatians 5 and verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17 says, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another 
so that you do not do the things that you wish. The word flesh there is, is defined in the Greek as carnal. It's your, the, the, fi, the senses, the five physical senses. So that they're in opposition to one another. So let, let's just move on from this verse of Scripture thinking this. If I walk in the Spirit, I will not. So just keep that in your thinking. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not. Will not what? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So, in John 14, I'm, I'm going to read a number of verses out of John 14, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to start at one place and kind of go backwards. But in John 14, in verse... Uh, 15, Jesus says here, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another, what? Helper. He will give you, um, verse 16 in the Amplified reads this way, He says, it says, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter. A counselor. When you need counsel on a specific thing, he will counsel you. He will help you. He, he's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's your lawyer. He's your strengthener. He's the one that stands by you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. That he, re, he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor does it know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, I will not abandon you. I'll not leave you without the help you need to accomplish everything that I put you on the planet to accomplish. And that's just an absolute. If we walk by the Spirit, then we will not not have counsel. If we walk by the Spirit, we will not be helpless. Because why? Holy Spirit's helping us. We will not be without anything that we need in life. Why? Because of what He is. He's the helper. He's been sent to help us. Um, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Just one verse. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So, uh, notice, notice at the end of that verse, uh, uh, put uh, the New King James there. Notice at the end of this verse in the, in the New King James, it's, it, there's a, there is a question mark. Um. Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that? So that, the, the question is to, to myself, do I know that I'm the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in me? One of the main things that has to happen in your my life all the time, it's an ongoing thing, it's not something in the future, it's something right now, is that we have to be made aware within ourselves of the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not an it, it's not a thing, it's a he. 
He, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He resides on the inside of me. He's here to help me. There's not anything I can't do. And, I, and the awareness is what I've got to stir up. You remember when I taught this whole series over a year ago, how many remember the empty chair I had sitting? I had an empty chair sitting there. And, and you know, in, in, in this empty chair, we'll take an empty chair right here, um, I made the point that I spent time being made aware of the person of the Holy Spirit sitting in this chair. Waking up different mornings when, when I was stirring myself up to, to be reminded that when I wake up and my eyes open, that I not let fear or worry or care or what am I going to do or those kind of thoughts take over, but realize that that empty chair next to my bed is where the Holy Spirit is. And He never leaves me, nor does He forsake me. But what it's creating is an awareness that He's there. Even though I can't see Him with these eyes, He's in me and He's there, and He wants to help, and He wants to help me to accomplish what He wants me to do. And what He wants us, and what He wants the body of Christ to accomplish in the earth, has to come from Him. So we have to be made aware. So the question is here is, do you not know that you're the temple of God? Well, we need to be made aware more and more every day. I'm the temple of God. The Holy Spirit is not just floating around. I mean, He's everywhere at all times, omnipresent everywhere at all times, no matter what. But He resides on the inside of you and I. That's the way God set it up, right? We're born of the Spirit of God. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is inside of us through the representation of the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to leave you. He said in, in chapter 16, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because I'm going to send you this helper to help you. So now you're going to live life not having to be without the help that they've not had for the last 4,000 years is what he was saying to his disciples at the point 2,000 years ago when he left the earth. He was telling his disciples, for 4,000 years since Adam and Eve, Spirit of God has not resided on the inside of people. It's going to be to your advantage that I go away. And you know, in the natural, here's the only one that's done miracles on the earth in probably three or 400 years. And he's telling him it's their advantage that he goes away. It doesn't seem like it's to their advantage, but it's to their advantage. Now, the spirit that lives inside of him that's causing things to happen all over the earth, same spirit lives inside of you and I. Now it can happen everywhere. Right? So, things can be happening right now in Australia. It's probably... Nine o'clock tomorrow morning in Australia. Eight or nine o'clock, something like that, in Australia. And things can be happening there because the same Holy Ghost, I know a lot of people in Australia, and the same Holy Ghost that's in me is in them, and I don't have to be in Australia because Holy Ghost is in people in Australia, right? And, and, and people in Antarctica, and uh, people in New Zealand, and people in Africa, and people in Canada, and people in Alaska and people in New York City and Los Angeles, California and wherever they're at, 
The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in anybody that's ever been born again. If you've been born again, then the the same spirit that was in him that helped Jesus is the same spirit that's in us to help us. Everybody say, I have the helper. Woo! So the answer to that question is, yes, Lord, I realize that you've chosen to make me your home. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. You and I are the temple that the Holy Spirit has chosen to live inside of. Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us? Every day I I challenge you from this message on to remind yourself every day I have the help I need. Amen. Amen? I have the help I need. Glory to God. Sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians and verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. If you're born again, you're joined to God and you are one spirit. Your spirit, your human spirit, and the Holy Spirit have become one. If you're joined to him, if you've been born again a second time, you're looking at me tonight, you were born once. Then you chose to be born twice. And if you've been born a second time, then you are one with God. What can we not accomplish? Huh? I mean, I mean, it's one thing if Dale and I are in agreement about a specific thing and we're praying, there's power there. But man, when you know that Jesus is your intercessor and you know that you're one with him and you know you're the temple and he chose, he chose to live inside of you and I and, he, and you know that, what can we not accomplish? It's, it's one thing when we're in agreement with one another and that's what he wants. But you first got to realize that you're one with him. Because that's where the power, when, when, when I know I'm one with him and Dale knows that he's one with him and we get together, huh, one will put a thousand, but two ten thousand and on and on and on will put to flight the enemy and cause the things that we release and we speak to come to pass. When we know we're one with him. You know why? Because then you know you got the help you need. And we need to be aware of that more every day, all the time. Luke 4 and verse 18. Holy Spirit, the help. Uh, Verse 17. Jesus This was after his baptism by John. Father coming down said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is after this. He was tempted 40 days in the wilderness by the enemy. And he comes out of that. And and it's the beginning of his earthly ministry right here. And it was his custom to go into the synagogues and into church life and to read from the word. And so it was on this day, it says in verse 17, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. What does that mean? To help the poor. 
right? He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To do what? To help those who are brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to those who are captive. Those who are captive to help them get out of captivity. Right? Recovering of sight to the blind. To help those who are blind so that they can see. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And and, And I'm telling you, Jesus is the perfect example, and I see this more and more as I study his life when I read the Gospels. I see this more and more. Jesus had knowledge, but what he had with the knowledge was the help in how to use it. He had knowledge, but the Holy Spirit helped him to use it and to effectively apply the knowledge the way Father wanted it applied. And Jesus came, we see in this passage right here, because the Spirit of God anointed him, he came to help people. And the only reason, the only way that he could help people was because of the helper was in him. Now, some people have, I've had people say this to me. Well, he was, he was the Son of God. He, he didn't need the Spirit of God because he was the Son of God. No, he had, he had to do it Father's way. He came to the earth to become this perfect example that you and I would follow after and that we would live that way and walk it out, right? He, he came to be that example. He came to help people. He created us to help people. God wants you to be a helper because the helper is helping you to understand through Scripture how to be a blessing instead of always a taker. God, see, see, the world takes. The world's in the taking business. Don't let... Don't let Rice Krispies try to convince you that they don't want your money. Don't don't, don't let Rice Krispies try to convince you that they're just in it for your health. Ah, we don't want any money. No. They've gotten a lot of money from me through the years. Rice Krispies has got a lot of money. Hmm? They're not after your well-being. You see, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying anything about Kellogg's or the people or the corporate office. I'm not saying nothing about none of that. I'm talking about the lack of understanding of how to use knowledge and how to put the knowledge to work and be a blessing to people. And I'm not saying that, that you know, they, they probably help people and do things and all that, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying There's a way of thinking in the world that's one way and God's is another way, but you can be born again and still think like the world because the helper's not helping you actively on a day-to-day basis to process the knowledge you have and how to apply it. So don't forget that. Amen. So in John, back to John 14, and let's look at verse 1. John 14 and 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Now I'm going to just give you a little twist on something here 
that you may have heard this preached in a different way. And you may have heard things about what Jesus is doing in heaven now and preparing your house and building you a place and all this kind of stuff. But in the scriptures that we just read, what we're challenged and the question that we're to ask ourselves is, do you believe that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God dwells and lives and has made his abode inside of you? Jesus was telling his disciples here on that side of the cross, over on that side, he was telling them, I'm going to prepare a place for you on that side of the cross. Now, you may have heard this preached in different ways. I'm just telling you what I see here. Jesus, to me, was not preaching having leaving on your mind. To me. Not, not when you take the context of everything that is written here. It wasn't about having leaving on my mind. Me thinking about my mansion in heaven or whatever. He was going to prepare a place that mankind and God didn't have. And he prepared a place through the person of the Holy Spirit inside of us. He prepared a mansion. And listen to me, inside of Brian Atkins is a mansion. And I'm not saying that Heaven doesn't have places. I mean, heaven is a replica of earth. So whatever about mansions and all that, that kind of thing in heaven, that's one thing. But he went to prepare a place for the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of man so that man and God could be one. No more the separation. No more the devil kicking the tail of humanity anymore, that that was created in the image of God, now born a second time, He went to prepare a place that we would be one, that we would know we're the temple of God, and that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, and that He would help us to do in the earth what He wants accomplished, but it's because He's helping us that we're doing it. And that had not been happening for the previous 4,000 years. And He went to prepare a place, and He did it. And if you read the context, and I'm not going to get into it tonight, but if you read the context of the rest of, like especially through verse 18 right here, that's what he's talking about. Look at verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. To do what? To prepare a place. To do what? Amazing works. Where? On the earth. This is before the cross. I'm going to prepare a place for you to do mighty works in my name through the help of the Holy Spirit empowering you to accomplish in the earth what you want to accomplish. And listen, when I say what I want to accomplish, what I want to accomplish has to line up with what He wants accomplished. And when that happens then I'm, I'm telling you what, it's all over but the shout. So the deal is not God lining up. It's, the deal is that you and I have to line up with God through the Holy Spirit. And when we get in alignment with God, there's nothing that can't happen. What did he just say? Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, think of all the works that Jesus did. There's not books enough to handle all of the reports 
and all, all of the miracles and the manifestations that happened in his life, we just have just pieces of it right here. He said, the works that I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these you'll do because I go to my Father to prepare a place for you so that you'll know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, dwells inside of you. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Why? Because he went and he prepared a place for you and I. And now, as we get to know the Father through the, the, the Holy Spirit in our relationship through the Holy Spirit, he's like the mediator between us. And as we develop our relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit, then everything we ask, we can receive. Because we'll only find ourselves asking the things that he says we can ask. And man, when I know what I can ask for, when I know what the will of God is, nothing's holding it back. Can you say amen to that? Amen? I'm telling you tonight, the relationship with the helper is the key. It's the key to life in Christ Jesus. Um, A lot of times, people try to cope with things, cope with stress, cope with fear. God didn't create us to cope with those things. But God will not, I, I'm talking about in, in a specific instance or situation, God will not come inside of you and, re, and, and again, deliver you of something that you've already been delivered of. He won't do that. Now, if we're born again, if we're born of God, we overcome the world. And what overcomes the world in a manifested way or the situations or the issues of the world is our faith in the fact that He overcame. So, when things are trying to get the best of you and I, and it's like they're overcoming and, and we're, we're reverting to knowledge or insight from the world or just our, our, the way our mind is thinking instead of going to the Holy Spirit, then we find ourselves coping with things instead of overcoming things. And I tell you this, every one of us have to have a release. You have to release in certain things in your life. You can't you, you, you can't stay in the daily grind and not have a form of release. How many know that vacations are good? Vacation, good? But how many have ever been on a vacation and came home more stressed than when you left? The vacation's not the key. I, I like vacations. But it's not the key to what you need. You need the Holy Ghost. So that means you need the helper on your vacation. <laughs> huh? So you don't come home more stressed and need another vacation because of the stress of your vacation. Because you left the Holy Spirit at home. Because you're going to do your own thing. See, those things never work. But everybody's got to have some form of release. And the world's got all kinds of weird, quirky strange crazy ways to release yourself and and the world is full of it but the holy spirit is the ultimate conduit for release 
He will empower you in the midst of all kinds of things even going on around you to enable you to release where you don't have to relate to other things. And, and I'm just going to mention a few things, and if you do any of these things, I'm not looking at you, not even thinking about you, okay? But if you have to have, and I, I, I'm going to use about three or four different subjects so, you, so I don't get on one side or the other. But if you have to have three or four mixed drinks every night to release stress in your life, you're addicted to it. God doesn't want you addicted to anything but Him. Okay? Over here, if you have to have a half a gallon of Bluebell ice cream every night to release the stress in your life, and some people do that, you're addicted. And God wants you addicted to Him. Okay? So I'm just using different examples so we don't get all hung up on you know oh i can't do this no it's not what you can't do it's where it's where you're at how you're going to walk free from it by learning to hear the holy ghost i'm telling you if if you're hooked on alcohol in some area i'm not saying it's wrong you have a glass of wine or you have a drink or whatever whatever you feel like that's what is good with you and god you do whatever you feel like you should do okay you you can do that in our world, because of where alcohol was in my life, we don't entertain alcohol. We don't want to be under the influence of that to help us to overcome something. And, and, and we, our whole married life, we've, we've not had any of that since we've been married. And so, you know, that doesn't mean anything. We're not more righteous than the next person because we don't do that. But there's other things that we might struggle with or, or things that we need to get out or, or, or rid ourselves of that, that you have to work on because, you, you know, you can not, you, you can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to quit drinking, but then you get hooked on something else, you know? And, and what God wants you to do is just stay where you're at and get hooked on Him. And when you get hooked on Him, then what happens is those things become a thing of the past. The drugs, the alcohol, those kind of things in my life became a thing of the past when I got hooked on him. And the way you get hooked on him is you begin to realize, hey, I got help. I got help. I'm not in this thing on my own. I'm not as an orphan would be. I'm not, I'm not facing life with no hope. I have the help, the helper. And he's here to empower me, to cause me to overcome anything that I face. And I, I used two examples, but I'm talking about anything across the board. Anything that we try to cope with, it's not going to work. Sooner or later, sooner or later, you'll give in to certain things that you face. Um, I, I was, several years back, the church, we got involved with, with the, the group that, what was the group, what was the name of the group that came to Shriner College? The, the human trafficking group. Shine or end it or whatever it was, yeah, to end it. And, and I, I was shocked to hear that 20, and that was in that day, it may be more, maybe it's less, I don't know, because I know people are really working at that. But at that time, there were 27 million people that were, that were affected by human trafficking, that had been, that had been 
stolen, that had been, um, you know, taken, and, and those kind of things. And when I thought of that, I thought to my, I mean, the, my first thought was, oh my gosh. And, and then, and then I, this is the thought I had. There's 27 million people involved in that because there's an appetite for it. I mean, we can dance all around it and try to shove it and do whatever we want to do and act like it's not that. No, it's because there's an appetite. See, because I'm telling you, internet pornography out there is at an all-time high. Just saw a statistic the other day. Now, I don't know. Who gets those statistics about internet pornography? But it's at an all-time high. All-time high. Why? Because there's an appetite for it. What does it bring? Release. And it's a false release because only the Holy Spirit can bring what we really need. What's difficult with that is he's sitting in, in the naturally sitting in an empty chair. See? that we have to be reminded of that most of the time, I'm not saying he can do whatever he wants to do, but most of how we connect with God is through a still small voice. He manifests himself. Many people have seen visions of Jesus and visions of God and manifestations of angels and all those kind of things, but that's not the predominant way that God speaks to his people. It's through a still small voice. And what's difficult with that is we live in a really loud world. And in the loudness of the world, that still small voice can get lost. And, and to have to develop that day to day and be consistent with developing that relationship takes a lot of work. To do something, number one, with someone you can't see, you can't feel, you can't touch, you, you have no tangible proof that he's real. It's because you believe what this is. And all the other things that are, that, are, that are hammering at us to bring release in our lives, you can feel them, you can taste them, you can touch them, you can see them, all that's out there. And it makes it that much more difficult to put your faith and confidence in the one you can't see, and you have no tangible proof that he's real. I mean, someone can say, well, I saw a vision and I know that it was whatever. But you have... You have the, the way that I got born again is because of what somebody said in here that I read and I chose to believe it. The only difference in the Webster's Dictionary in this book right here is this has the potential for life and the Webster's doesn't. And the only way this produces life is when I receive it and I learn to believe it and I learn to develop it working in my life. And that's what he sent us a helper to do. I, I, every day, every day I, I find these times within my day where I'm so thankful that I pray in tongues. I'm able to pray with understanding about specific things. That the word of God is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to cause me to be able to judge between my thoughts and my, and my emotions and my spirit to know what's God and what's just thoughts that aren't going to produce. I'm so grateful and thankful that this is real. And it's real, you know? And I'm not saying I don't, I mean, that doubts don't come about 
something happening or manifesting. I mean, every, you know, I've said this before. I heard this years ago. You know, we're not held accountable for the thoughts that come to our mind, but what we do with those thoughts. Everybody has thoughts. The, the, the thoughts that you have that are negative to the Word don't disqualify you. Actually, when you have thoughts that are bombarding your mind going against the Word of God, it's because you're doing something with the Word. But what do we do with those thoughts? How much do we give in to them? How much do we meditate on them? How much do we give place to them and start reasoning and working it out? And, well, you know, nobody's ever done that before. I don't know if I, I should do that or believe for that or, you know, all those kind of things. But, but that's why we have each other. That's why we have the church. That's why we've got to rise up in faith and not fellowship the, or, and forsake the fellowshipping of ourselves together because the time is growing even nearer and nearer. Things are getting more intense and more intense and, and, and the enemy's working overtime to convince people that God's not real. But I'm telling you, we got the help. I got the help and I, I, I need help. See, I, need, I, I relinquish the fact, I submit and surrender to the fact that I need help. I need help, but I need help from the helper. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm, I'm going to end this about in the next 10 or 12 or 15 or 30 or 40 minutes. No, just in the next few minutes I'm going to end this. But I, I want you to, I'm, I'm going to give you several things. I'm, I'm going to teach some more on this probably on Wednesdays just as we go th throughout the summer. Um, not every Wednesday, but, but I'm going to teach some more of this because I feel, feel really impressed. You know why? Because God told me when I first started this that there's no more important message anywhere that anybody has ever preached than a message about how vital that the Holy Spirit is in our life. And you won't be taught about the Holy Spirit anywhere else but church. Nowhere else. Nobody else will teach you about the Holy Spirit. Church will. That's what God, God, God set it up in the earth. And Jesus said this. He said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And the only way that the gates of hell don't prevail against you and I individually and then corporately is because we know the helper is helping us. That's how he, they can't prevail. Because, see, the enemy's defeated. Yes. Right? But if we stay ignorant of that fact, then he overcomes even though he's defeated. Right. And all he has to do is go boo and people jump. Everybody say, not me. not me. Amen. Why? Because we have the helper. So, just think about a couple thoughts here as I end this. Um, <clears throat> When, when I said that earlier about um, that God doesn't want you and I to have leaving on our mind, in, in the fa in, 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 you know, after I first got born again, I heard a lot of people teach about God preparing a place for you in heaven, and, and, and it seemed like everybody I was around talked about leaving, about leaving the earth, about the, and, and yet, and yet, what Jesus' ministry was about was the kingdom. And what's the kingdom about? The kingdom is about you and I having on our mind one more. 
One more what? One more person coming into the kingdom. That's kingdom thinking. One more. Not leaving. Everybody say heaven's a real place. Thank God heaven's a real place. However this thing's going to end up, you know, I promise you it's going to end up the way God wants it to end up. And, and we'll be out of here whenever we're supposed to be out of here. But that's not where he wants our thinking. He wants our thinking down here to where he sees us operating and living by faith and trusting God through everything and that we have one more person on our mind. One more coming into the kingdom. That's kingdom thinking. One more. Somebody else. Not looking at somebody and saying, yeah, but you don't have time for them. Man, you know, we're going to be out of here in, in, in another month. Or whatever. I mean, I don't know if people think that way anymore or not, or, or how many people think that way. But in, in my growing up in, in my Christian life, it seemed like everybody was talking about that. And God just began to show me. He said, no, I, I don't want you to have leaving on your mind. I want you to, and, and it's not that we're to have staying on our mind. No, we, he, he wants us to have our minds thinking about the advancing of his kingdom. And his kingdom thinks about one more. See, one-to-one. You're, you're after one, and you're after one. If there's 50 people here tonight, then there's 50 people out there that have the potential to be born again if we've got one person on our mind. Hey, that's what wins the world. I'm telling you, that wins the planet right there. One more on my mind. Can you say amen? So, with the helper, you and I... J- j- Three things and just think about this. We've got, we, 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 in, in us being aware of him, we've got to activate him. I'm not talking about stirring something up. I'm talking about being obedient to the word to do things that the word says that enables and allows the Holy Spirit to have his way. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force his way into our life and make us do things. We have to yield and surrender to him and surrender to the voice of the Spirit so that our spirit becomes more familiar with what the Holy Spirit's saying than what voices out here are saying. So, three things that, we've got to, that we have to do. <clears throat> Just being conscious of the fact, and I said this earlier, that he's with me. Just being conscious that he's with me. The Bible says he'll never leave me nor forsake me to the ends of the earth. Second thing is trusting him that he will do what he says. Write down Romans 8, 12. Jesus Jesus said whatever the Father says, he'll do it. Right? And the Holy Spirit is here to remind us that God will do what he said and that, that the Holy Spirit as he's revealing it, and then we become convinced of it, then we trust that when God says something, he's going to do it, and it will come to pass. Amen? And the third thing is, is us praying in the Spirit. Look at Jude 20. Jude 20. Uh, but you, beloved... Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praying in the Holy Spirit builds us up and causes our faith to rise and our trust and our consciousness to be on the fact that God is with us, constantly with us. Um. 
So those three things are important. And just a, a number of things, and, I, and I, I'm going to go into more details in this when I, when I teach on this uh, later on some more. But, but, but these are things that, that, that I, I just feel really strong tonight in my heart that have to be made aware to us constantly. You know, as we just said in that Jude 20, that he builds us up. This is what he does for us. He helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us to hear the voice of the Father. He helps uh, when we don't know how to pray, Romans 8, 26, 7, and 8. When we don't know how to pray, that, that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf in helping us to pray. We pray in other tongues. He brings things to us and reveals things to us in, in times when we don't know how to pray. So when you don't know how to pray, you don't have to stay in that place of not knowing how to pray. Why? Because we have a helper. Amen? Amen? He, he empowers us. James 3, uh, 3, 2, and 6 both talk about that the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to control our tongues, the things that we say. In Isaiah 28, he brings a rest and a refreshing. Actually, look at that real quick. Turn to uh, Isaiah 28. I love this verse. Isaiah 28, uh, verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet that they would not hear. They wouldn't hear it. But, but Isaiah is prophesying of the time that you and I are living in, that started with Jesus, and started actually for the church world on the day uh, of Pentecost in the book of Acts in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 2. And, and it talks about the Holy Spirit descending upon us. And now when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we pray with the evidence of other tongues, we have the uh, ability to be refreshed. I thank God for that every day. Paul said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than you. That sounds like kind of an arrogant statement. But he was so grateful and thankful that he could be refreshed by praying in the Spirit. See, that's why we cannot, we cannot second guess what we have with him being in us, the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And, and the last thing is this, that, he, that we receive revelation. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14.2 just talks about the, 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 what the church is built on. It's built on revelation. The revelation comes. It's, it, it, it's the Holy Spirit that takes the knowledge that we have, and as he reveals it to us, it becomes revelation. And I'm telling you, you won't be talked out of something that's been revealed to you. When the Holy Spirit, the true teacher, has revealed to you specific things, then you won't be talked out of it. And I'm so grateful and thankful tonight. And, and you know, what, what, what I want to leave you with, and, and we're going to pick this up again in the next time that I teach on this, is that <clears throat> one thing I've noticed about the Holy Spirit if you've ever had regrets in your life about things, things that you've done or things you've said or things maybe that you haven't accomplished or, you know, the, the older that we get in life at times, I hear people talking about, well, you know, it's like 
certain things pass me by or time pass me by. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, in your 70s to feel that way. You can be in your in your late teens and feel like that, you know, time has passed you by because of what the enemy says. But what the Holy Spirit, who this Holy Spirit is, he's the difference. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who what? Love him. Those who love him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How will we keep the commandments of God? Because we have a helper helping us do it. No other way. You cannot keep the law. It's impossible. But when you have the helper, you can overcome. But listen, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man, all that God already has prepared for those who will do what? Who will allow the helper to help them. I'm just going to translate it like that based on what we talked about tonight. And no matter what, what's happened in your life, everybody sitting in here has different backgrounds, facing different things even today. I don't care where you've been, the Holy Spirit will put the super on what you're doing in the natural to cause things in your life to become supernatural out of the relationship that you have with Father through the person of the Holy Spirit who is helping you. So when He's helping you and the super gets on what you're doing, it's, it's almost like you, you, in, in your natural mind, if you're, if you're letting your natural mind think about it, you thought, well, you know what? Man, I'm way behind. And all of a sudden, the super gets on what you think you're behind in, and man, all of a sudden, it's like you just got caught up. And I've seen that happen time and time and time and time again. That's why we've got to spend more time in our life just getting to know Him. Stick a chair by the side of your bed. Just put a chair by the side of your bed and, and wake up every morning and let that remind you of the Holy Spirit or, do, or something. You know, put, put, a little, put, put a little index card somewhere, write on it, or put a timer on your phone and just to ring. And every time it rings, find a really unique ring with that alarm. And every time it goes off, it reminds you of the Holy Spirit. Because the more we're aware of His presence in our life, the less that we will revert to the knowledge of the world and the hand of the world to be what we need in life. God's already prepared everything you'll ever need. Amen? And only through the Spirit will it be revealed. Oh, Father, tonight I thank you.